We're going to have communion together, but I have integrated that as part of the talk of the sermon this morning. Um, I just wanted to have a, a springboard for what is going to happen in the next two months with our teaching series. And we're going to be looking at the letter of First Peter. And uh, this week I've really been battling with um, which topic should I choose and stuff. Um, and um, it came to my attention that if we're going to talk about the letter of First Peter, it's good that we remind ourselves about Peter the Apostle. And this will give us a good overview and a springboard to what is going to happen. And I think today's talk and sermon is a little bit like a film that you've watched for the several times. And it's snippets of memory that actually somehow have stirred my conscience and have really challenged me to, to act upon it. So this morning we're going to talk about this great guy which actually doesn't have an easy job. And it's much more difficult if we have to read his biography with all his ups and downs. This morning I was thinking, what, a, what an unpleasant place to be that everybody reads your life story and then they see what you have done, the failures and the success. And that's what I want to do this morning. And I don't want to, to be on a negative note, so I'm not going to refer it as failures. But there is one p- point that I'm, I'm going to make when, when it comes to it. Let's, let's have a look at Peter this morning. And uh, I just wanted for us to start off with um, the, one of the favorite parts of Peter's life. It's when he sees Jesus walking in the water, on the water. I want to read it. Um, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 29. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up onto the mountains to by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone, but the boat, by the time, was a long way from the land, between, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sing, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, 
the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amazing! Amazing! You've got Peter. By the way, he's one of my favorite characters. You've got Peter, the crazy one. The one who is always excited about stuff. Jesus walks on the water and he says, Lord, if it's you, call me and I'll come. And Jesus says, well, come on then. Do you want to walk on the water? Come, look at me. Until the point that he starts looking at the wind and gets distracted. Do you remember the question that Peter had? Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. I've just said it, focus, because it's very easy for us. It was easy, clearly, with Jesus being present for Peter to lose focus and be distracted by the winds and the sea. And Jesus has come. And then Jesus says, All you of little faith. And then they get in the boats and they all worship him, saying that truly, this is the Son of God. Focus. Why is it so hard to focus? What would have Peter done if he had a Facebook account? Or a Twitter account at this moment? What would he have done living in the 21st century with a Western mentality that everything seems to distract us? And we worry about the wind, we worry about friends watching us walking on the water when Jesus says, come. Let's go to another one. Next slide, Colin, please. You look at the life of Peter and you've got snippets of his life. And here is a human being, like you and me, who hasn't got the patience. He hasn't got the patience. In this story, he hasn't got the patience because he thinks it's unfair that they are coming to arrest the Lord Jesus. He has lost his patience because he's very angry at Judas who has betrayed him. He has lost the patience because actually it is not fair and therefore he needs to act on his own right. He needs to act on his own whatever, anger, passion. He hasn't got the patience. It's not fair. But Jesus has just reminded them in the chapter before that he is going to leave them 
and he was going to be crucified. He's just reminded them in the last meal that this is my body, this is my blood that is going to be poured for you, for the forgiveness of sins. And yet, he's taking in the wrong things. And here we've got Peter, who hasn't got the patience to deal with the soldiers who have come to arrest his master. Remember, he was one of the three most special people to Christ. He spent his life with Jesus. Now, can you imagine somebody coming and just wiping out three years of your life because they're going to arrest the person that you have been so passionate about? He hasn't got the patience for that. We said focus, we said patience. We live in an impatient world. Everything is counted with time because time is money. But my question is are we losing patience for the right reasons? I'll throw that in. The third slide, which is very descriptive of uh, Mediterranean, Jewish, lad, he was emotional. If you look at John chapter 13, Jesus picks up the towel and he's got all these guys, some of them fishermen, machos, some of them tax collectors, some of them doctors, whatever, whatever profession they are. Jesus picks up the towel and he's going to teach them a lesson about serving. And he says, guys, we've all come from a long way. Now I'm going to show you what it means to serve and love one another. I'll wash your feet. Do you say in English, not in your nelly? Or? <laughs> not on your... I've got problems with... Pre, what do you call them? Prepositions or whatever. <laughs> not on your nelly. You're never going to wash my feet. You're not. You've been with me for three years. You are the Lord. I've just said before... That, Lord, we have nowhere else to go. You have got the words of eternal life. And now you pick up the towel and you want to wash my feet. Are you out of your minds? I'll do it on your behalf. You don't have to do it. God, I love you so much. You are the first in my life. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you've got nothing to do with me. And then the emotions raise. This is serious business for Peter. Of course he needs. Of course he has to deal with Jesus. Of course he has to do with Jesus. He has loved him for three years. Yes, there's been moments that he has let him down. But he loves Jesus. It's obvious. And he says, well, if that's the case, here I am. You can wash my feet and you can wash my hands. He is quite emotional because he loves Jesus. 
are sad, perhaps love doesn't show that often or doesn't show that clear. But surely he loves him very much. Another dark moment, Colin, the fourth slide. Jesus says, Before the crow sings, you're going to deny me three times. Emotions again. No! We all know the story. But I have not called that failure. I've called that love. Because there is no doubt that Peter loves Jesus. He's just afraid. He's just afraid like you and me. He's afraid of his life because he has seen what they've done to Jesus. He has seen the cruelty of the Jewish leaders. And he is made of flesh and bones. He's got emotions. He's got fears. He's got things that are going in his mind. Yes, he is one of the closest disciples. And actually, in this dark hour, he is hearing what devil is saying to him. You are a failure. You don't love him. You don't want to follow him. And therefore, you are denying him. And perhaps, if we draw a parallel with that, in our love for God, in the way that we want to live our lives, we may have distractions. We may have moments that actually fear sinks in and distorts our focus. And perhaps it comes to that point that actually we are not sure whether we belong to Christ or not. But one thing, he, it is sure, that he will never, ever give up on us. He didn't give on Peter. So at this stage, I'd like for us to stop and take communion. Because I'm aware that in this life, we have moments that we lose our focus. And we identify with Peter. And we say, thank goodness, there is somebody in the scriptures that I can identify with because I've lost my focus. Perhaps, perhaps we are too emotional. And we've lost sense of that reality. Perhaps we've lost patience because we think what's happening to us is not fair. Or perhaps we're listening too much to the devil who's saying constantly, you'll never be able to make your spiritual walk with Christ. 
this is too hard. Spending time in scriptures is too hard. Spending time with people telling them about God is impossible. They don't want to listen. It's 21st century. You're out of your minds. Praying for people. Offering to be available to them. It's out of your mind. Don't do it. You're a failure. You can't do it. Do you remember that, that, and that, and that occasion when you did that? But, Jesus has got time for you. Jesus never gives up on you. Jesus knows that in your failures, you need him most. So we're going to stop And we're going to take communion. And after we've taken communion, I want to finish with two other slides from Peter's life. But if we go to Matthew chapter 26, there is a part there that Jesus is breaking the bread. Matthew 26, verse 26. Jesus says, Now, or Matthew writes, Now as they're eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can remember you with this broken pieces of bread remembering that you died for us you died for our dark moments you died for those moments that we were out of focus with you you died for those moments when we were impatient and we were intervening interfering with your work And he died for those moments, Lord, when the devil keeps throwing lies into us, which they are not true. Because we know, Lord, that because of this sacrifice, we are children of God. So we want to bless your name today, because you are a great God, and we believe that. In Jesus' name, Amen. And then he took the cup. And after he has given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood, the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. For this we're so grateful, Jesus. That this is not the devil who deals with our failures. But it's the blood of the Lamb. For this we're so grateful, Lord Jesus. That there is not only dealing with the sins. But there is forgiveness and restoration. So... As your people, Lord, who love you deeply, we want to say sorry for the times that we 
have been out of focus. For the times that we have interfered. For the times that we have been emotional. And for the times, Lord, that we have even denied you. Rescue us from our hearts. And again, Lord, restore us by reminding us of the wonderful story of your salvation to your people. You are a great God. And not only you have got healing power, but you've got saving power, forgiveness power. And today, Lord, we want to say that we receive that forgiveness because that's your gift to your church, to us, to us as individuals. And we receive it, Lord, not because we are worth of it, but because you love us and you've done it for us. And we want to remember you with gratitude in our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Peter has denied Jesus. He goes to the grave. Next slide, please, Colin. He has not forgotten the promise that Jesus was going to be raised on the third day. He goes to the grave and unlike Mary and whoever was there from the ladies, he has no time to lose. Now he believes Jesus is resurrected. He runs back because he is a restored man. He runs back because the promise of Jesus being resurrected is fulfilled and what else does he want? He needs to go and tell the other disciples. Matthew doesn't tell us about this. It's the angel who tells us about this. Mark says in chapter 16, verses 6, when the angel is being shown to other people there, and he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where you have laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. Then you will see him, just as he told you. So Peter has got this good news now, that Jesus is resurrected. What else does he want? What else does he want? And the last slide is the restored, fully restored disciple. The fully restored disciple who is preaching about repentance, who is preaching about the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the new life. This is what Peter has experienced. This is what God has done in his life. And he has embraced this. So do you want to see that God is good? You can believe it because you have seen it in the life of Peter. Do you want to see that God is good and great? You have seen it in your own lives. Celebrate it. Go for it. This is just the springboard to tell us 
that what Peter is going to write on the first letter of Peter is basically a story of a man who's been put to order only by Jesus Christ. And he finds himself that only through what Jesus has done for him and only through the community of faith he can be who he is. That's why in First Peter he says, Oh, yes, you are a chosen race. You are pitted. You have been shown mercy on. You are God's own possession. You are living stones. You are holy. You are a royal priesthood. And all of these things is because he has experienced this forgiveness and restoration. He is a man who loves God and despite of his ups and downs, he still is very passionate about his Savior. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the life of Peter, the apostle. And we thank you, Lord, that so many of us can identify with him. And yet we know, Lord, that the devil is out there trying to tease us and bring out things, Lord, of the past. Things that you have dealt once and forever by your death and resurrection. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that as we live this life, as we live this week for you, we pray that we will be reminded, Lord, that our life is so much dependent on what you have done for us and not on our striving to be good. So, once again, Lord Jesus, help us to be people, help us to be chosen race, help us, Lord, to be royal priesthood because of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And to what we don't want to have the glory, Lord, but give you the glory. Because we have sang it today, Lord, you are a great God. And we want to see more of that. Show your greatness in our midst. Amen.